This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good afternoon, St. Louis DGS on KMOX. Happy Wednesday, another gorgeous day. Uh... Yes, we're just kind of waiting for the next thing to happen in Israel. I know there's still uh, rockets going back and forth, and there's more action in different areas, you know, northern Israel and, and eastern Israel and such. And uh, I guess they're amassing for uh, uh, ground insurgents, but which will probably happen sometime tonight or tomorrow. And, of course, when anything happens, we'll let you know. You know, we're KMOX, so we have the newsroom covering everything. Uh, but other than that, we're just going to go ahead with a normal show. What do we have today? Uh, looks like nothing. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> good. Well, four hours of nothing. Yeah, let's go. That's positive. Yeah. Oh, I'm very familiar and very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes nothing specialty. is something, you know. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Leads to creativity. I say this. All, I, I say this all the time. Like on our show, at least, uh, it's good when it's good. It's better when it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like when things go wrong, yeah. you know, like when we're playing uh, Elite, <laughs> Elite Eight the other day, and I was the only one who did their homework. I was laughing so hard, and I looked like a maniac because I was running in Forest Park by myself, just laughing. And yes, you were the only one yeah. who did it, yeah. and I felt that in my soul. Yeah. And I also felt in my soul, because they were talking about everyday scary things, everyday scary things. And Rachel goes, oh, I've thought of one. Witches. It was, it was hey. a low point. I guess, you, point. I guess you guys aren't running across them like I am. <laughs> She's like, oh, I guess we're all cool with witches. Now. Yeah. Are you talking like real witches? Like, you know, the ones that look like they just, you know, they're a lot of incense, that kind of thing. No, or are you talking about the witches, witches from the movies? The witches from the movies. Okay. Like, uh, like uh, Blair Witch. That witch. Do you ever get a look at the Blair Witch? Not really. No. Get a little, little. In the really? second one, I think you do. Oh. Did any of you guys fall for Blair Witch when well, it came out? Okay. No. Yeah, but it wasn't falling for uh-huh. because it had never been done before. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I... like the whole found footage thing. And I remember watching it. I forget who I watched it with. It's been so long ago, but I'm like, is this the whole time? Is this real? This doesn't seem like they're yeah. acting. But I was going to say, like with uh, Michael Myers in the first Halloween. You know, falls out the window, spoiler alert, and he's dead. And you're like, okay, let's go ahead and leave. And then you're like, oh, my God, he's alive. Yeah. No one had ever done that before. (laughs) Right. And now you know that the villain has to die at least three times. You know, like, Mm. I don't even get excited until he's dead twice. Yeah. 
I like I, I mean, I know sometimes some people give give the Blair Witch movie crap. I thought it was good. I never saw it. Yeah, it's good. The, the only found footage movie I've seen that I can remember is Cloverfield. Yeah, I yeah. love that, that one. one. That one's pretty good. I that one that fooled one. me. I thought that one was real. <laughs> <laughs> you, you thought the Statue of Liberty's head yeah. rolled off? I was like, okay. I have more people talking about this. <laughs> I, I'm an idiot. When you say a found footage film, does that mean it's presented as if... This yeah, it's home video. Yeah, these yeah. people died, and we found this footage after the the fact and made a movie out of it. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Which is, I mean, you know, it's a genre. It's it's fine. Yeah. I typically, if I see that it's found footage, I, I unless someone really recommends it, I'm not that into it. I think it was a thing of that time. Here's the thing, and I think you guys will get this analogy. I've never ever wanted to live on a golf course, and here's why: because you're going to upcharge me. For being on a golf course. And I don't give a rat's ass about being on a golf course. So why would I want to pay an uh, extra hundred grand to be on a golf course, which I don't care about? And with the found footage thing, I feel like it's found footage. It's like, I don't care. So Mm -hmm. there's going to be a certain percentage of the movie that's less good because you think it's cool that it's found footage. That make any sense? Yeah. It does. It does make me laugh though when you're presenting it as found footage, but all of the talking scenes are framed perfectly. Yeah. Well <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody's got really good things to say and order and I can facial get, expressions. And I can everything. get nobody lost burps. in a yeah. Nobody burps. <laughs> a regular movie, right? That's that's shot the traditional way. I can get lost in one of those. I have a much more difficult time getting lost in something that's presented like a documentary, but it's not. Yeah. yeah, that that would I can't stop thinking about about the right. fact that they have made this up. Yeah. You know, I it's it. weird. Although, I get it. The way I the way when I watch those two movies in particular, because I, I would agree there aren't very many good found footage movies, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple like these two that we're mentioning, and maybe one or two others. But the fun part of it is in your mind imagining that you're behind the camera, and these are all, especially with something like Cloverfield. You're behind the camera. This stuff's happening. That's where your mind, if you put your mind in that sense, it's actually a lot more fun. You know what? I love disaster movies. Yeah, they're good. That's I- shocking. <laughs> you love disasters. You love chaos. Get him. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> you call nice. yourself Captain Chaos. Yeah, yeah, you kind of do. You call yourself Captain? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of lame, Chris. Yeah, you ever heard of chaos? Cringe. Reporting for duty. Captain yeah. Chaos. <laughs> My friends call me Admiral Sexy. <laughs> I don't know. I just got used to it. So. The people start calling me doctor. I don't know why, but if you want to. Speaking of witches and things like that, uh, all these guys have seen it. Uh, Andrew sent it to me today. Have you guys seen the new Bigfoot footage? Uh, no. We showed it to him. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a train in Silverton, Colorado, which I've always wanted to take, but my family won't let me. And, uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere and you see this sort of chestnut colored, uh, Sasquatch Mm -hmm. up on the middle of the mountain and he's walking from your right to your left. And then he, he scrunches down, like pops a squat and here, let me, okay. Everyone knows I'm into Bigfoot. Uh, let me make a case for why it could be real. Uh, I know where this is, and it is in the literal middle of nothing. It's 20 miles away from the nearest people. And this is a family. Uh, we know who the family were, and they were, you know, filming. And you see this thing. And if it's not real, it is. And in, someone went to a lot of expense to make a very realistic looking costume. They're very big, very long arms. And then they're only visible for about 10 seconds and they squat. 
Something I know that most people don't know because they're not obsessed with Bigfoot like me is that about a third of people who have encounters, uh, sort of like when Amy walked up on the grizzly, they will see what they think is a giant bush or a stump, and then it stands up, almost like hide-and-seek. And what's interesting to me is this one seems to, like, he sees the train, and then he squats. In the middle of the bushes. Grass that matches yeah. his fur color. So I... I think that there is an animal out there that we're calling Sasquatch, but if not, I find it even weirder, maybe, that a human Mm -hmm. would go to this level Mm -hmm. and just sit out there in the mountain for four hours waiting for the train to come by, walk 30 feet, and then sit down. Like, that to me seems very, very odd. But Mm -hmm. anyway, it's fun. We'll see. No one's going to prove it either way with this film, but it's one of the better films I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as like the quality of it's good, it's not blurry. It's, it's not, not a grainy. Blob it's not. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> right, exactly. It's not even like uh, what was the uh, uh, the famous one? Patterson. The Patterson film. That even that's a little grainy and has had to be touched up digitally. I and mean, this is a pretty clear digital. Like, you can't. It can't zoom further than that, though. Yeah. That's the only problem with it is if you could zoom in like what another five times. Like you, I mean, from where you are, there's just it's it's such a small part of the frame. So everyone who's in on the DGS knows about when I saw something mm. uh, with my my pal Scott, who's the most. Uh, he makes Amy look like a hussy. He's such a <laughs> devout Christian, and he is uh, so there. serious <laughs> and so skeptical. And he made fun of me yeah. for three days about believing in Bigfoot, mm. and then he saw one. And he pointed it out to me, and then I saw it. And when I sent that video to him today, uh, I sent Rage a screenshot of it. He said, that's exactly what we saw. Mm-hmm. Where was that in relation to where this video was? We were at the top of the mountain on Vail, uh-huh. and this is outside Silverton. So I'm not great at that, but probably 40, 50 miles. Same mountain range, though? like same. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. It would be like from here to Darden Prairie or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I told Dave that I thought it looked like a costume, and he sent me back the angry face. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're if you're trying to think in a debunking way, you would be well. Of course, it's convenient that it's such a wide shot that you couldn't get up anything close. But they're on train, train. right? I know, but this might right. And if you're going to set it up, if you're going to set something up. That's probably your best way of doing it without being debunked immediately, right? Yeah. Is you would do something from a distance yeah. that, where it's harder to get the scale of the height of the of of the Bigfoot in the video. And Bigfoot has become such a cottage industry. Yeah. And there's so many people out there. This is crazy, but there are people out there who retire and they just become Bigfoot hunters. Mm. And I've listened to about twelve hundred encounters, lots of fishermen, lots of hikers, lots of Um, Lots of hunters who had one of these things in their sights. I think it's five, ten years until we either bag one. And if we don't, look, when people say they don't believe, it doesn't bother me. I don't blame you. Uh, I I won't be completely convinced until they have one on a slab and we're like, oh, my God, it really exists. There it is. Like the uh, paper mache alien from... The, the foot-tall alien that yeah, we saw was out of Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, from Mexico. Yeah. But I said it was paper mache. Yeah. But it wasn't. I was wrong. Yeah. Because a, an international group of scientists, and you can watch them do it. You can watch them put it into the MRI machine, and they say the skeleton here was not assembled. It's not part coyote. Whatever it is is organic, 
and the the like the eggs and stuff. This is organic material. Uh, but that kind of went away, didn't it? Yeah, but, but pretty I, fast. I, I was very quick to say, like, oh, no, it's been debunked. It's just a pain, whatever. And then the next couple of days, I had to beat my own words because, I mean, it looked so fake. I mean, no, yeah, it looks, it looks like something I could this, make. looks like I, something you would win at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This Bigfoot, I don't know if it's real or not, but I could, I would believe that before I believe the alien. Oh. Not that we're not, you know, visited by aliens yeah. or whatever, but that particular thing didn't look right to me. This could be. Yeah, I kind of group them all together in that I just remain agnostic. I mean, there's no proof of any of them, but there's a lot of anecdotal evidence of all of them. So I'm one of those like you, Dave, you're talking about, like, I'll believe it for sure. Yeah. When you capture something or when an alien lands on the White House lawn and says, well, we're here. I'm very open and honest about I am convinced that there is such a thing as a Sasquatch. But when people talk about dog man, which is kind of like a werewolf thing, oh. I'm, I like roll my eyes, <laughs> which is silly because yeah. like, oh, that's stupid. What if they're friends? Uh, they'd be enemies. <laughs> yeah, like, like King Kong and Godzilla. <laughs> Frenemies, because they work together sometimes. Yeah. But having had my own encounter, like having seen something yeah. that I cannot explain, uh, it, it affects you. It really does. Like, I, I bet I'd think about that once a day and just kind of go through it in my mind. So weird, the thing that we saw. Um Okay, anything else on Bigfoot before we... <laughs> no, good, all right. I love Terry and the Hendersons. That movie's great. I've never seen it. You haven't? What, you haven't? No, because I find it offensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a show, Harry and the Hendersons. It became no, a, a show movie. after the movie, oh, I think. I yeah. saw the show. Oh, and yeah. it, is a, it is a... He's right, it is offensive. It's, yeah. well, it makes Bigfoot look a, stupid. Yeah, it's making a joke out of the whole thing. And let me tell you, Amy, it's not a joke, all right? It's not a joke. <laughs> what about Quit Alf? Laughing, it's not I funny. liked Alf a lot. He's like a Bigfoot and an alien. No, he was an alien. See. How can he be a Bigfoot when he's so little? Because he's, he's, he's a Bigfoot. No, I said he's a Bigfoot and an alien put together. She's trying to push. He's buttons. little. He's just an alien. <laughs> he's pushing buttons now. He was friendly. No, he yeah. wasn't. Okay. He was a jerk. <laughs> you he watched. Have you have watched Al? Oh, like anyone's afraid of. It. What if the aliens arrive and he they was have a little bad sob? Attitudes? Yeah, he was a little <laughs> sob. He was a jerk. <laughs> He had a bad attitude. Amy is like me when I was a freshman in college and I was on a track meet and I was trying to impress a girl and she asked if I'd seen Chariots of Fire and I lied and said yes and then clearly didn't know anything about the plot. Yeah, my favorite part was when the chariots were on fire. Man, there was so much fire. I was like, and then Kirk Douglas the rode through the, That's uncomfortable. the Coliseum. Wait, I don't understand. I've seen Al. It's like the, the, card, the, the, the card table scene of a 40 year old virgin. <laughs> that whole thing is like, yeah, yeah man. We, uh, Wait, I don't understand. Like... Are you saying I haven't seen Elf? What a weird flex. <laughs> they we are saying they don't We're saying you. If, you, if you have seen Elf, you didn't get it. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't mean. 123 DGS. So it's our understanding that uh, Steve Scalise has basically... Uh, been approved to be the speaker in like a private vote and at about 2 p.m. they're going to go in and make it official and we have Congressman Mike Bost who is uh, basically you know the the lower third of Illinois is going to call in at the bottom of the hour so that's kind of perfect uh, until then let's jack around um so <laughs> mom and dad get home so we've been talking about Alf who Amy thinks is delightful Andrew thinks he's a jerk uh, 
I did just so weird. I just said to Rach, apropos of nothing, about 20 minutes ago, I do not like Pink Panther. And she was like, me either. He's just an ass. And like of all of the made up raconteurs like Bugs Bunny and Woody Woodpecker Mm -hmm. and uh, Wiley Coyote, like you see what I'm saying? Instigators. Instigators. Yeah. I just never dug Pink Panther. Never. I agree. Honestly, I wasn't huge on Woody Woodpecker. Me either. Oh, he was the best. Bugs Bunny was awesome because Bugs Bunny threw shade. Bugs Bunny was yeah. hilarious and is hilarious. He was nuanced. He was nuanced. He was an intelligent humor. Yeah. Unlike Pink Panther. Yeah. Moron. I like Yosemite Sam. Yeah. I like Yosemite. Yeah. Yeah. Great He's guy. Clueless. Yeah. Just a dumb idiot, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anger issues. Yeah. Yes. Firing off the guns. Mm hmm. I'm sorry, Wheels. Yeah. Rootinous, right. Tootinous, first shootinous. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a little too close to home. <laughs> no. Nope. I modeled after him. Didn't you say your dad reminded you of Yosemite Sam? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> he didn't have guns around the house. He yeah. was firing yeah. pistols off in the air. Yeah, he didn't have hand. that part, but everything else was basically Yosemite Sam, yeah. Do you remember <laughs> the two British, like, groundhogs that were always playing cards underground on Bugs Bunny, like Looney Tunes? Kind of. No. Yeah, oh, they no? were like two very proper, I don't know if they're groundhogs or moles. They were underground. They're kind of like Chip and Dale. Yes, but yeah. all they did was play cards and be like, oh, I say. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They were British. And I love I those don't remember guys. that at all. Oh, yeah. That's from the Christian version of the name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> did the Christian version have the Martian? Oh, Marvin the, the trying Martian? To, yeah, he Marvin was a trying to blow up the His planet. Space modulator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Space modulator. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> I loved Marvin the Martian. That's a good one. It was a, it, obviously a different time. And I think Bugs Bunny's genius. Yeah. But I just, I can't imagine being in the room when they're like, we should do a slavery-based episode. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, somebody, enjoy. have someone with a banjo. Or just the That's Tom a really and, unexplored comedy space. Yeah. You go yeah. back and watch the Tom and Jerry. Yeah. I couldn't stand Tom and Jerry. Just yeah. really? Just never I was yeah. very young. Same. Yeah, I liked him. Very, very you young. Did. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you watch now. It's just like action. real life time. Yeah, yeah, action. Yeah. action. People chasing each other around with Yeah, they're bands. chasing and pranking and beating each other up. Do you like anything where you just kind of have to, you know, think. it's dialogue? Think. Yeah, no, not really. Do you like anything? I don't where like you have to think. think. No. Tom Taste Jerry. So Jerry you wouldn't run. like <laughs> There Will Be Blood. You know, no, that I movie. love that movie. You do? Yeah. Oh, because the the tower explodes. Well, that's part of it, sure. There's a lot of yelling. Yeah, yeah there's a lot, a lot of yelling. yelling. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the yelling. That's pretty fun. <laughs> he skips the he skips the boring parts. <laughs> Would you say your wife's more like you or more not? Oh, like you? she is definitely not me. No, okay. opposites attract. Completely opposite. The only people like him are his his family. Not, like his, I mean, his, just my dad, his, really. His dad, my brother, brother. My brother's a little bit. He's kind of like in because between. Because I have this thing <clears throat> when I have not met someone's spouse. I just picture you with a wig. Oh, no. Like like when Herman Munster <laughs> no. would be his female cousin, that kind of thing. Or no. Bugs Bunny would dress Bugs up Bunny. as a lady. Yeah. yeah. No, Mama, my wife is smart, she's quiet, and she's good looking, so I'm none of those. All right. I'm just wondering how you landed her. <laughs> <laughs> Ginger tricks. Welcome back, guys. DGS and Camelwax. Very fortunate to have Congressman Mike Boss from uh, the 12th District of Illinois. Uh, Congressman has to be on the floor for a vote for the new speaker in about 30 minutes, so very kind of him to give us a few minutes. Congressman, uh, thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. And as a South Roxana, Illinois boy, I appreciate your service. Well, thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. 
So walk us through. I mean, something really important is about to happen. I know you guys have been having uh, sort of behind-the-scenes meetings and votes. Uh, to the degree that you can yeah, we, t- tell my audience about it, tell us. Yeah, so we had uh, late-night meetings uh, last night talking about, uh, you know, where we needed to go, uh, what the presentation by both persons who were running for the vacant spot that was vacated by Kevin McCarthy. But let's look at the things that positive that Republicans had already done. You know, we secured these are things that we passed from the House already, even if the Senate hasn't taken them up. That's securing the southern border uh, and unleashing America's energy potential, ensuring uh, parents have to say so in their in their raising of their children with the Parents' Bill of Rights. Uh, you know, provide our, our veterans with health care and, and everything they need. And then overturning turning Biden's uh, COVID madness. You know, we, we, we got that through that. But now we're to the point that we have uh, 12 bills that we need to move. We've moved four of those 12 for the uh, for the budget. But that's 70 percent of the budget, even though it's, there's still uh, another eight bills to move. We've moved 70 percent of the budget and the Senate has done nothing. But yet we're still trying to get a speaker as of today after hashing out last night. Then today we went in and had the votes. Steve Scalise and uh, Jim Jordan were the two candidates. Steve Scalise uh, received the number of votes necessary. Uh, so my hope is, is when we get to the floor, uh, that we will uh, be unanimous on the Republican side of the aisle to put the speaker back in place, not only because we have those budget bills, but I believe we have to move quickly to do a resolution uh, in support of Israel uh, and 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 try to figure out there uh what all we need to do to be helping our our greatest ally, and that is Israel. Um, I agree with you. I, I hope you're right about all those things. Mike, tell us about your friend Steve Scalise. What do we not know? Okay. Well, let me tell you that, um, remember, uh, Steve is uh, uh, has been here for some time. He was uh, deputy uh, whip, then whip, uh, now majority leader, uh, and now will be speaker. Uh, he is from Louisiana. Uh, he His district is bumped right up against uh, 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 the Big Easy, and, and, and it is uh, in New Orleans. Um, he has proven his leadership in carrying all kinds of legislation over the years. He really is a uniter. He's a true conservative. Uh, he, he is a very, very, very conservative uh, legislator. Uh, I think he'll be good for us in that respect. A uh, great man. He is also the one, if you remember, that was shot. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the shooter uh, that actually shot him went on the ball field that day. He's from my district. He's mm-hmm. actually from Be- he was actually from Belleville. Um, but but he went through a fight for his life. Matter of fact, he has a great book. Not that I'm pushing his book or anything like that, but it is a good read. And that's called Back in the Game. Uh, just a just a, a a book of miracle after miracle after miracle. Uh, and he is. Uh, Uh, He is just getting over about with uh, uh, blood cancer right now, Mm -hmm. but his health is good. He's got a clear bill of health and uh, he's ready to leave. Mike, I know you need to be in a car in just a couple minutes. I'll just ask you one more question. Uh, Just give me your personal reaction to the events that have transpired in Israel over the last few days. It is horrendous. I know what terrorism is. And I think that the the American people and I know the people of my district know what terrorism is. What what they came across the border and did was an act of terrorism. It wasn't fighting uh, army against army. It was a decapitation of people, uh, children, uh, murdering people that were doing nothing, that were not tied with military at all. Uh, and you will see, I believe, a strike back now. Uh, I, I will 
Um, it, it is so hurtful. I can understand this. I have, I've spent, I've went four times now to Israel to deal with issues there um, because of my committee involvement and other things that we need to know. They truly are, are, are one of our greatest allies and, and they are trying to do everything they can positive in the region uh, to, to have true peace, but yet they're attacked in this way. And um, so uh, we're, we're praying for them and we need to provide them the help that they need. Congressman, we'll be watching you on the floor in a few minutes. Get yourself down there and thank you for your time. Thank you for having me on with you. Thank you. All right. I uh, let me disp- dispel a couple of uh, falsehoods about me. Um, I, I I get labeled as a liberal a lot, and if it's between being a liberal or MAGA, I guess I'll take that. But I've only cast one vote for Democrats my whole voting career. Uh, two, I mean, I voted for Clinton, but I was like twelve. Um, but Rach and I were talking about this. We have a chance of getting Nikki Haley in studio uh, when she comes in to visit. I would vote for Nikki Haley. In fact, I would vote for most of the Republicans on the debate stage. I wouldn't vote for Ramaswamy because he's shaped like a pencil and he's insane. Um, but I would I would maybe hold my nose for DeSantis, uh, you know, but but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not in love with the left. Uh, I lament the fact that the party that I have supported, at least voting wise, has turned into uh, this sad circus, you know, and, and and it's a cliche about, well, they moved away from me. I didn't move away from them, but it's absolutely 100% true. Andrew could go back and find 50 examples of me listing rage cry, do it wrote from memory of where I stand on things, what my values are, what I believe in, what I don't, they haven't changed. They really haven't changed. So, uh, no one cares about that, but I'm just saying that when when uh, Mike was talking about that, I don't have a problem with conservatives <laughs> as long as they're sane, as long as they're sane, as long as they don't believe in QAnon and as long as they're not a jackass. It's constantly, you know, all capital screed against Forbes magazine and stuff like that. I don't want someone who's more about themselves in the country. But if they have an R behind their name and they're sane and they're stable and they're a free thinker, yeah, fine, fine, fine. All day long. It's crazy because with everything that comes along with Trump and this bizarre uh, chauvinistic populism rhetoric that you get a lot of times out of the right and the chaos and the Matt Gates and the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Lauren Boberts, it's easy for me to feel so alienated from the GOP, but also forget I'm not a progressive because then I see progressive policies. Uh, I see democratic policies and I'm, I'm like, wow, I don't agree with that at all. And nothing reminds me of that more than when I hear a Nikki Haley talk. No, I don't idolize her, worship her or agree with everything she says, because that would be weird to do that to a politician. But we've seen it, but it's weird. But and when I hear her talk, I think, oh, my gosh, I forgot what it feels like to be semi-represented in my political beliefs, at least from what I've heard her say so far. Well, it would be very helpful if the people who accuse uh, the folks like you, uh, like you and Dave, of being, you know, liberals or rhinos or whatever. It would be helpful if those folks actually took a moment and assessed where their beliefs are compared to where they were 10 years ago. 
And it's that's not to say you can't evolve as a person and your your beliefs can't change a little bit because you have new information or whatever. But if you have dramatically mm-hmm. changed the way you look at things while everybody else has stayed the same, it, it's 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 ridiculous to call somebody Republican in name only because they they haven't moved right with right. you. But why can't why can't people have that self reflection? And just take a look, man, this is what I used to think, and here's what I think now. Chris, it's like I am I, so different. It's like I ask you to set me up, because on my sheet I have the word evolve written, and, and here's what I wanted to say. That um, rather than compare myself to someone else or other people, uh, if anyone gives a rat's ass, let me tell you how I define myself and the way I think, the way I value, the way I believe, the way I act. What is paramount to me, and this is where uh, my very good friend Amy and I may disagree a little bit, because Amy's very religious, I'm an agnostic, is that I am open and welcoming to my thoughts, beliefs, standards evolving. I think it's critical as a thinking human being to evolve. That may mean I go left, right, up, down, forwards, backwards, uh, I hope I don't do it willy-nilly and just, like, change five times in a day. I want to take in new information, and I want to be open to it, and I want to – for example, I'm an agnostic. Is it possible that at some point in my life I uh, become a Christian again? Yes, because if I said no, that's closing off the possibility of taking in new information and evolving. So what I'm proud of, what I would say my hallmark is, uh, is that I am open to and proud of being an evolving human being. As opposed to some people I know, Amy's not one of them, but some people I know politically, religiously, that I, it's like they put their fingers in their ears, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to read it. I don't want to take in any information that might make me doubt my position on something. Mm-hmm. I don't respect that. Well, and I think what's really important to note, and I think on the right— this has gotten very, very muddled together, which I think is dangerous. Uh, my faith in Christ and my Christianity is separate from my political view- views and who I vote for. It gets very dangerous when you start tying in um, to an extreme degree. I'm not saying your faith can influence your political policies because we all have a moral grid, right? We all look at our, our where what we think is right and wrong. But this idea of like this Christian nationalism, of tying in nationalism with Christianity, I think it's very, very dangerous. Or looking at Democrats and thinking that they can't possibly be Christian because Jewish, because, sorry, Jewish, um, Jesus was a Republican. <laughs> that's, that's not how it it's works. nonsense, yeah. That's not how it works. And so for me, I have morals and definitely beliefs and absolute truths that will never change in my faith. But you look at... Um, politics and policies. And I think to a point you see how things work and go, oh, wow, that policy is not working or this policy is working but needs to change. And I think you can be open minded in that sense. It's dangerous when you tie your faith and your politics so closely together that you can't tell the difference between uh, Fox News and Bible time. And and I have a few core beliefs that I can't ever see myself uh, moving off of like I will probably always believe that in a country like this with the resources we have, um, 
a, a person should never worry about how they're going to pay a medical bill ever. And I, I can't imagine ever thinking something else other than that. But I will say that on almost everything else, I'm willing to evolve and willing to take in new information. If that information changes my mind on something, great. But I do have a few core things yeah. that I, I can't ever see myself thinking otherwise. Wheel thoughts? The, to me, you know, it, it, it used to be I had one overarching voting philosophy for all my for most of my life. And it's harder now because I don't see it now. I used to think, OK, who is the who is the most well-rounded thinker in the group? Doesn't mean necessarily the most academic minded person doesn't mean the person with the highest IQ. But who's the person that could be the best problem solver? If something bad happens, who's going to figure out who's going to hire the best people? the smartest person to run economic policy, the smartest person to run foreign policy. Who's going to be that person has always been kind of my one, because there's no other way to do it to me. Because I don't see this, I don't see anything the same way as either party. And there is no party that represents what I see. So, you know, essentially in that way, a man without a country. So what I found was, here's a guiding principle. The person that I think will make the smartest hires and surround themselves by the best people is probably the person that will do the best job. That's why I like Nikki Haley. And yeah, and that's why each time around, but I'm getting to the point now where I don't even want to vote for a president. I don't even want I don't even want to consider it because it's such a nonsensical game. And I you know I mentioned this was a week ago, but depending on where you live, your vote doesn't matter anyway. If you live in California and you're a Republican, your presidential vote means nothing. Rage it thoughts. is a zero. I, I think what everyone's saying is that you're putting a, a lot of attention and thought and passion into your beliefs. And, you know, that's admirable because I do think that a lot of people out there just take the marching orders and go. And I think it's a major problem in our country. I think that we are so inundated with propaganda through the media and through social media and just through people we know posting things and saying things like, if you don't fill in the blank, then you're not this. Fill in the blank. Yeah, exactly. Those kind of statements really bother me a lot. Um, but you just see it more and more lately. And I just respect anyone who has the courage and the fortitude to kind of like shrug that sort of thing off and, and make their own path. Well, we've seen that through history and it's never ended well, has it? Where a group, a body, a leadership, a religion, a political movement, where they say to the, their, their constituents, don't worry about it. We got, we're going to handle this. You, you just do what we tell you to do. Don't, we'll, we'll do the thinking for you. Literally, we'll do the reading for you. We have the only copies of the book. You guys don't worry about it. Uh, that's just, you know, antithesis of how I view things. Uh, thank you for indulging that. Rage Emergency Pizza. Oh, yeah. So Domino's has launched this thing where you can sign up to get an emergency pizza when you most need it. Mm. So I guess it's for people who are facing, like, financial troubles and stuff. It's the way they're they're rolling it out. Let me pull up the story here. Oh, so it's like it's a serious thing. Yeah, it, it's a serious thing. It's the Domino's Emergency Pizza Program. It's offering customers a free medium two-topping pizza that can be used whenever they deem necessary. Okay, so maybe I maybe I took this wrong. I was like, this is so great. They're doing it for poor people, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a promotion where everybody gets a free medium pizza. When Amy said, That's it. so it's a serious thing, and you went, yes. I'm like, oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yes. I should have read the whole thing. Deadly serious. I'm sitting here thinking, boy, if it is, people are really going to be taking yeah. advantage of Domino's. Well, that's what I thought, too, but I was like, that's noble of them. You'll have every people college kid in the country. Yeah. Every college kid in the country is going to be like, 
I got nothing, man. I don't, need a pizza. Don't mind me. I'm just calling 911 right now to see if they can deliver well, my emergency pizza. Well, because when you first pizza. said it, and I kind of like chuckled because I was picturing me because sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, if I don't get food sometimes? in the next... Okay, all the time. <laughs> Every if, couple hours. Yeah, in the next seven minutes, I might die. I need a pizza. I so, might die. So that sounded like funny. And then when you said that it was a charitable thing, you thought it was. <laughs> That's what I, I felt assumed. Bad. Yeah. I thought it was just really clever marketing, though. It yeah. it is because I mean I took it as like they were doing something nice no. for <laughs> no people in the world. No, but I, I'm no, sure it's... that you. I, I read what you have to do, so you have to sign up for something and blah blah blah. <laughs> it's sort of like uh, you know, like the Columbia Records thing. You yeah. know that uh, hey, if you buy this many, you get this, yeah. but you're allowed oh, yeah, to okay. one time in your life right. get that pizza. So and... yeah, if you're interested in taking part of the the program, you can qualify by placing a delivery order online of seven ninety nine or more, and yep. then you can add on your emergency. See, and I was pizza. thinking emergency pizza was like um, like a nine one one alternative. You can't get a hold of anybody on nine one one, but Domino's will answer. <laughs> hey, downtown we'll St. Get, Louis, yeah. you might you have better luck. Yeah, Domino's <laughs> yeah. will move. I've your been car shot out at. Way. Well, can't help you, but we'll but. bring you a large pepperoni. Yeah, Domino's has great marketing, though. They they're they're clever with this stuff. They do a good job. Remember I, when their whole campaign was about Domino's. how bad they were? Yeah, yeah. It's like, so hey, I know I the pizza is not that good, but we made it better. It's yeah. like hmm, maybe I'll try it. It I sounds do. pretty good. <laughs> I've always been. Ten- they have something called like uh, del- like uh, pizza insurance or something that if you're like walking out of the door, yeah, and you, and you drop and yours, drop yeah, it, yeah. Always been tempted to like. How, how much do they charge for that? Uh, I don't. I think it's free. I think yeah, it's just I like think if they you just take care of you. Oh, that's nice. Not if like a not like a local St. Louis pizzeria. A, a, a delivery kind of classic bulk place. Chain place, yeah. Best chain pizza, worst chain pizza. Hmm. I do like Pizza Hut. I like the Hut. Yeah. I like the Hut. It's I like good. A, I it's like, like a stuffed crust. I like Little Caesars. Yeah, the Hut Little Caesars is yeah. probably yeah. my go-to. Little Caesars is really good. The Hut yeah. is probably my favorite, but they give me, like, impossible levels of uh, acid reflux. Yeah, same. To the point where it, like, <laughs> it, like harms me. Yeah. So I got to go with that one. I got to go with the worst, probably Papa John's, even though I still like. I mean, all you know pizza what? is pizza, so. I kind of like Papa John's. I do, Even too. though that guy's a doofus. Yeah, I like the pizza. You no, know, I think Domino's is the worst. I think they're Wrong. as bad as their commercials say. <laughs> <laughs> the advertising worked on you. Yeah. I'm like, wow, they really are bad. Remember the whole uh, 30 minutes or less or it's free? That's, that's <laughs> how Domino's started. They were getting they started a car accident. Yeah, yeah, they were killing people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. trying to race to get there to this? avoid that the That was the 80s, pizza. yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 